Hello, and welcome to Crafting Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I bring you interviews of female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guests are Heather and Brittany of Beautiful Fight Woodworking. They are an amazing couple, and I'm so blessed to have had the opportunity to chat with them and learn about uh, their journey into woodworking, into now having a brick and mortar store and running classes and all the great things that they do and the things that they have to encounter almost on a daily basis as part of that work. So thank you so much to them for chatting with me. And uh, I know you're going to enjoy this interview. Before we hop into it, though, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the Revolution Pod Squad over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Tool Mom Bonnie, toolmomstore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Brandy Studio Obey, Lee the Rainbow Carver, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support, helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. And with no further ado, here is Brittany and Heather of Beautiful Fight Woodworking. I think you both know that I always like to start by having my guests introduce themselves. So would you do that for me? Gladly. My name is Brittany and I'm Heather. Hello. Um, and who do you form together? Uh, so together we make beautiful fight woodworking. Awesome. Um, and I'm going to ask the, the, how did that name come to be? Um, I had a battle with a really rare blood cancer that formed in my spine um and at that time I kind of used the phrase this was my beautiful fight um, cancer fight is always referred to as a fight um and I wanted there to be some beauty in that uh, extreme darkness so whenever we started woodworking and we're looking for a business name um it was just so fitting because even starting our business and even now there are days that are struggle in a fight so it's still just kind of a beautiful fit I think awesome awesome so I got to know, what's the, what's the story? You know, where'd you guys, I guess we'll start individually. Where'd you grow up? And then how did you end up? I have to know the meetup story. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then get into woodworking. Yeah. Uh, sure. I'm actually from the Lake of the Ozarks. So K through 12, I went to Camdenton. And then I went to college in St. Louis left St. Louis, came to Springfield, and I started working for the park board here, and just made, I guess, a mutual friend, because you really grew up with them, and we all went to a party, and we met. Okay. Yeah, so I'm from Stratford, a really small town right outside of Springfield, Missouri. Um, I went up to Kansas City area for college, um, and we both have our degrees, and absolutely not woodworking or business. Um, I have my degree in psychology and sociology, and Heather has hers in criminology and sociology, so for psychology. psychology. Um, so definitely not the path we're expecting, but yeah, I moved back to the Springfield area, um, and I was working with um, um, behavioral needs with adults, and then started working with individuals with autism, and specifically some kids here. Um, and then 
because I had my battle with cancer my last semester of my senior year of college. So I have made a lot of progress back and um, got a lot of mobility back in my body. And so I was, you know, doing that. And then uh, we and I got together and a few years later, we went on a vacation and had what was a crazy car accident just in general, but everybody's body responded pretty well. Mine did not. She said crazy. There was like 32 cars involved. It was a, it was yeah, sitting we on the highway. In- <laughs> it was crazy. Um, so luckily no one was seriously injured except for just myself, just with my, my spine. I'm missing a huge chunk of it right in the middle. So it uh, doesn't compress the same as everyone else's. Um, so then I had a lot of regression and the physical limitations kind of came back into play. And I lost my job um, working in that field. And then woodworking really. We needed the money. She needed an outlet. So she wasn't sad all the time. Well, and it wasn't, at the beginning, it wasn't intentional. You know, like we, yeah. uh, we wanted, we needed to make money. So we we're flipping a lot of stuff on Facebook Marketplace, just picking up free stuff or leftover stuff at yard sales, you know, just the basic flips. Um, and then, so she saw a couple of pallet signs. And I love to create. That is just therapy for me, you know. Um, and I was like, you know, if we have a saw, we could cut those ourselves and save a lot of money versus buying a sign and then painting it on there. And that has somehow got it rocketed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it into very, what it is now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very unintentional journey at first, but uh, it's, it's been awesome. Well, first, I guess. You know, I just need to acknowledge the fact that you guys are in Missouri or Missouri, and I'm in Iowa. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I think oh. you pronounce misery wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I will say I grew up pronouncing it misery and then <laughs> lived in... <clears throat> lived in Southern California for a while and our next door neighbor was from uh, Missouri and she pronounced it Missouri. Now granted, (laughs) granted she was, yeah, she was, and she was from rural and, you know, a bit up there in age. So, you know, some of that all played into it, but yeah. Um, I never told her my, my full on thoughts of Missouri. (laughs) (laughs) And I won't say them here either. <laughs> but okay, so <clears throat> I mean, even the I guess it's interesting to me that you guys, you know, you talked about you got started with the flips and stuff because needing money. I mean, knowing where I'm at now in my business, I'm like, and have not made any money. I'm just curious, <laughs> like, how um, do you like? It was enough to help keep you guys going, obviously, to get going. Um, but was that like a struggle too? Because even even if you get the furniture for free to flip, like you still have to have all the like the materials and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I still worked full time at the time. I worked up until 2017 full time. Yeah, so we sold our first sign in October 2015. So there was a few years. So there's a couple of years. Okay. Um, but I think, well, one, I have to say, my dad came in. I mean, he still comes in. He comes in clutch um, all the time. But, you know, he gave me the drill that he had before I was born. Like, he, so he, uh, we were able to get a couple basic tools like that from my dad. 
Um, and then our startup cost really was just the saw. And I already had a ton of paint supplies and paint brushes and all that kind of stuff just from painting. So we got kind of lucky that the way we started so small and we already had a lot of those materials that really helped with the cost of it. Um, but it grew very, very slowly. Like it was a very intentional um, looking at budget. Like, okay, we sold two signs. So now we can go buy, so we can buy six or seven boards. What could we make with just six or seven boards? Cause that's all we could afford. Okay, we could maybe make a coffee table and then like that. So it just kind of, we let it build off of itself kind of slowly while still flipping stuff and while Heather was still working full time. Um, so it was very much a hustle. <laughs> I mean, it still is now, but I mean, you know how it is, but at the beginning, especially um, just trying to get some type of momentum building up there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say in January uh, 2022, we'll make five years for Freeman Furnishings, and that is still like Congratulations. That's Thanks. <laughs> but that's still, it's more like the payment is still like all in mental health, if that makes sense. Like, yes, I bring money in, uh, but it's basically enough to like cover expenses, um, exactly. you know, but it's still, it's more like, but if I didn't do it, I'd be a pretty awful human being to be around most of the time. So, like, <laughs> honestly, that's kind of where we are too, and we're going into year six, seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I think building slow was a lot of it, and we had like a lot of big success recently over the past couple of years but the pandemic has really knocked us off our feet and really humbled us really quickly, I think, and took taking us back to those, um, you know, making sure we get every drop of paint out of the can and we save every scrap board, you know, very, um, I guess intentional is the word I keep running back to, but it's even now, I mean, our costs are so much more expensive from having a retail store in a, a shop that we work in versus when we were in our house, the expense side has been, I think that one of the bigger struggles for me, because when we were just working in our house with mm -hmm. most of our supplies, that expense wasn't too crazy high. And we could really just go off of, this is what the cost of a project is times two and a half or three. And right. we knew we would right. make profit. Right. Um, but then so much throughout this past year has been so, there's been so much adapting to where that really simple math doesn't work as well. Um, I mean, the price of lumber skyrocketing yeah. for a while, uh, shipping issues, things like that. So I think from the outside, sometimes I think our journey looks easier than it was when we really had a lot of 100 hour work weeks and no social life and everything we did, we threw See, so that's like it's not the case now. I mean, <laughs> It's been, we're fostering now, so it's slowed down a little bit, but it's definitely still a lot. But I mean, I mean, we were working 12 to 14 hours in the shop, then all like the admin and paperwork and all of that stuff. So I think sometimes it looks like, which it is a beautiful journey and I don't want to take away from that, but it looks like when you just look at our story that we started, it exploded, we got big and it's really awesome and profitable. That's not always the case. We took a ton of losses this year. I mean, there were several projects where we, by the time we got them to the customer, we lost a hundred dollars, you know, but, but that's where we had to play into that mental aspect that you're talking about, where it's so much more than just a job and it's so much more than just income. Like 
the time that it provides for us to spend together, the time that it allows us to take off and have very um, focused time with family. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for me, I mean, I'm the more emotional one, if you haven't gathered that yet. (laughs) Um, So I need purpose and to feel like I'm doing something and I need to create. So the times where it's not profitable in the finances is able to come back and be profitable, like you're saying, in the mental health aspect, um, which sometimes, a lot of times, is more important than the financial aspect of it. Yeah, Especially- I, would, I would say COVID, um, I think, I mean, it, it definitely depends on what market you're in, but I think COVID killed a lot for a lot of this industry. Um, yes, on one side and then on the other side, I did have people like who maybe wouldn't before, you know, reach out and be like, cause they want to support artists during this time. And so they'd be like, okay, I want something of yours that maybe they wouldn't have done that beforehand. Right. Um, So there's a little bit of that, but like, especially as somebody who also creates content, like content took a huge nosedive if nobody's driving to work nobody is listening to a podcast I can tell you that (laughs) Um, you know and so it's like all of that stuff um but you can't stop doing the work um you still have to do the work for when everything kind of comes back um did I hear in there I guess I didn't realize you you guys have a retail space like do you have brick and mortar or yeah that's where we are right now okay um, when did that, when did you take that on? Because that's like a huge <laughs> thing. Okay. In the midst of a panty. <laughs> we were supposed to open <laughs> in April uh, of last year. We had to push that back until July was when we had our grand opening. So we just just had over a year. But um, my parents literally came and looked at the space and they said, it's great. We see your vision. We know you can make this beautiful, but do not do this. Um, and I was like, you guys, it's it's a small like, thing. It's fine. It's one virus. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone's kind of panicking, it but it's fine. So, because we signed a release in March. So it's okay. just kind of. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we're like, nah, it'll be fine. Um, <laughs> which there's some days I'm like, whoa, I probably should have listened. But there's a lot of days that like this store really saved our ass like yeah. I'm not even joking which sounds nuts because this is a time that so many businesses yeah. are moving back to just online mm-hmm. um, but especially with this type of thing um, you know pictures are great but when you can come and feel the furniture and yeah. sit down at it and look at it and see the quality it's so different than like an online exposure but then we had a weird struggle too that I didn't anticipate um, with people go into online, you have all these giant box retailers who can j- dump thousands of dollars into what their website is like and what their product line looks like. And they can have all these 360 yeah, videos, yeah. You know, all of these things that a small businesses can't afford to do or honestly don't have the time to do those yeah. things. So then what started to build as some of a more online present with our website, I feel like kind of dropped off, but the retail side picked up just a little bit. So yeah, we dove straight in um at the worst time possible (laughs) but um it has been a bright spot through all of this for us for sure and you know honestly it's it blows my mind every week when I walk in here and I'm like like this is our space like all of this stuff in here we did I mean that it's just crazy to me to not really know what we're doing flip a couple palette signs on marketplace and then somehow have a, a space on one of the most historic streets in town it's really cool 
Yeah. Well, congratulations. I will say that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that you're that you're sitting there able to like still have a smile on your face and not be in absolute tears at this moment. <laughs> hey, call me tomorrow. We'll see what happens. Okay? <laughs> no, I'm like overly like positive all the time and like honestly stuff just rolls off my shoulder it sounds like I don't care a lot about things but whatever but I'm always like it's fine. fine it'll be good it'll be fine and Brittany's like mm. yeah <laughs> the pessimist for sure um yeah but it's been great look at it I like to say I'm a realist yes <laughs> Others will say I'm pessimist. okay <laughs> um I mean I totally get what you're saying that's the reason like I don't really focus, like, I don't try to do online sales, like, at all, you know, it's more like, okay, there's going to be a small, like, artist event, or, you know, for a a long time, quite a few years, I had stuff in, like, an interior designer's, like, showroom floor, Um, and that worked out decently, you know, but of course, it was like, you know, they got 30% commission off of the piece or whatever, so then you always have to price, like, higher so that you're still so that you're still making money off of it um but I did 100% believe it was like yes I can show all the pictures in the world online and like you have to stage it in a room so people can actually visualize like what it would look like in their space and all of that um but I just don't have people buying furniture off online. (laughs) They might buy, they might buy a bowl or something, you know, small online, but they're not going to buy like a giant coffee table. Um, Right. (laughs) If they do, then they'll see the shipping price and get scared off. It's like the bigger problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I haven't found that clientele that's millionaires yet. I'm just dying to get I always hear about that they're like somebody will pay for it well I, I can't find that somebody <laughs> hey makers so today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdahl who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company Alicia is a maker of all things, really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting a Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action. So when you started with the flipping, I mean, did you have any woodwork, previous woodworking experience? (laughs) Uh, For those who are just listening and not seeing Heather's face, her answer is absolutely not. Um, She had zero. Um, I worked at a funeral home prior. (laughs) Yeah, she worked like with kids and then at a funeral home um, and just totally not uh, building jobs, which I didn't either, you know, Um, but 
I have always been like an artistic crafty person. And then my dad was patient enough to, um, he's the kind of guy that like, if something is broken in the house or the car, he's going to try to fix themselves. So he was a self-taught man in a lot of ways. Um, and he would let me quote unquote help as a kid, which is mostly just getting in the way and slowing things down. Um, but you know, <laughs> it gave me a space to see power tools in use in a safe yeah. environment and to get familiar with them a little bit because um, I think a lot of people, and especially women, would say, you know, power tools can be very overwhelming at first. I mean, there are still days that I'm on the table saw 100% sure I'm cutting all my fingers off that day. <laughs> you know, like they're just intimidating. Yep. So we, I had helped him and we did a couple uh, projects like we built a chicken coop. That sounds so country, but that was the biggest thing that we built. So I had some basic knowledge, but um, I finally admitted this this year but yeah no yeah I just learned this this year I at the beginning just fronted don't I fronted I dumped out confidence to Heather you know I was just like oh yeah we got these tools no problem we just need to go to <laughs> buy it plug it in we're gonna know exactly what to do it'll be fine okay on the inside I'm like man I really hope I know what I'm doing because <laughs> I'm gonna be in trouble if not but um we just kind of built our skills as we built new projects or had new customers asking for something but yeah it was very um timid at first but now we teach classes and teach other women how to use tools yes which is so exciting when you see like I have so many great pictures of women with a brad nailer and they first pop and they look over and they're just you know (laughs) pumped oh that was so powerful. I couldn't, I can't believe I just did that. Well, I didn't say it was it's empowering. Yeah, it's very empowering. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> I just had a presentation for a online thing that I called power tool empowerment, because I very much feel like power tools empower women. Um, and that's some of the, like the, some of the best memories I have with my daughter so far is like, we recited like the play, the uh, playhouse at her you know preschool and she's there with the like cedar siding and with the with the nail gun you know and I'm standing there helping her but she helped nail most of those boards up there um, yeah, that's awesome and then using like the chisel out you know to get bark off in the workshop and stuff so right now the working theory is to be a, pop, a woodworking pop star is what she plans to grow up to be I love it, <laughs> I love it. exactly um but it's it's fun to watch. How'd you guys did have you been doing classes before the space? Yeah. Okay. Um, so when we started off, it really was kind of a marketing thing for us. We wanted to have a way to get out there and get our name out there and then hopefully be able to transfer that into a future sale. Um, but we also just like we've talked about several times now, like creating is a very empowering but also a very healing thing. Um, and we want that out in our community as much as possible. But um, we partner, we still do, um, but we host some classes here now, but we partner with other venues. Uh, we've done local ones, but we've traveled some to do. But I love when we're able to go to bar and bars or restaurants or places like that. Another venue that we are supporting two businesses yeah. at one time. Um, and you get to mix up your clients that are coming in. Uh, it's just really kind of a fun way to get people uh, familiar with two places at one time. And, you know, maybe it's your favorite bar you go to all the time but they don't always have it where you can build your own beer caddy at that bar you know so uh, that's how we did a lot of our classes before the pandemic and before we had uh, the store here 
Okay. Um, did the people coming through those classes, has it been like, like, are you targeting only women or haven't you had like a mix of genders coming through? We haven't intentionally targeted women, right. but we've had we, pretty good mix too. I would say it's still most, mostly women. Yeah. yeah. It, some of the classes we tried to gear a little bit more towards like a couple or family oriented. Um, but I do think kind of our target audience in general with what we make in our platform tends to be women. Um, so I think a lot of our customers just from that aspect, but also I think the fact that I think that women are more comfortable coming to a class ran by other females because you're not, there's not this fear that like we're going to judge you or look down on you because yeah. we've been in the exact same spot where we were just as scared to use that tool. Um, and I'm not saying that all guys would be that way in any way at all, but I think that it's just a little bit more comfort level of like, okay, you've probably been in my shoes, like to a, a, a true extent. I think there's something to it too. Um, and this is something like I was personally like really diving thinking on in preparation for that presentation I gave, like I kind of told my, my journey or my story into making. And when I first started, I was in college and there, you know, I had access to a shop space, which is always amazing when you have access to an industrial shop space. Oh yeah. Um, but I, the very first project I did, um, I made something for my little sisters and it was the shop manager Yet he would show me how to use the tools and then have me use it. But in the end, he made that more than I did um, because I think I was more okay being like, I'm really intimidated by this and you're the man. And so you can go ahead and like do this, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like it makes you a little more passive about it. It makes you, and, and it's a dynamic I've watched as, because in my, in my job job, I do, I go into manufacturers all over the state of Iowa and I do trainings and I'll have, you know, a mix of, of genders in the class. And it's, I've been in situations and classes where there will be like nine women and one man. And I watch as the man walks into the room, every woman there gives her power over to him. Like every, it's just like how we're like raised. Right. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah. so they let him talk more. They let him, you know, they look to him to see what he's going to say before they speak. Even though I'm like, you all are powerful women who have powerful jobs in this room. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Every single one of you. Um, and it's just something like, I don't necessarily speak to it, you know, in those spaces, but it's something I notice and that I see. And I've noticed even in myself, I would be, I notice it enough that now I tend to go the other way. And now I find myself, like if I'm in a maker space and there's men and women, I will almost go out of my way not to talk to a man. <laughs> I will almost like to not even acknowledge he's there. And that's not anything to say about him, right? He could be like right. a really, really great, nice guy. But it's more about like, I've had to recognize that in myself to be like, I almost have to ignore the fact that there's a man here because otherwise I'm still going to defer to him which yeah. is insane <laughs> I was gonna say it's, it's true though I mean as you're saying it I'm like yeah I, I can think of myself doing that in similar yeah. situations um like for example when like we got a flat tire and her dad came to help us out my first default was he was going to do the whole thing he yeah. had me do it which was great and empowering <laughs> right. but uh, my immediate default was 
that you're gonna do it. Yeah. So it kind of makes some sense, but I think you're talking about the other time where I flagged somebody down inside the highway. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. If you want just a really random funny story, um, we had two flat tires in like three weeks. It was stupid. I don't know, bad luck that week, that month. Um, flat tire, my the jack was broke. Cause I was like, well, if we can just try and get it off. But I was like, I don't know if I get the lug nuts tight enough, but there was like a Walmart pretty close. Wasn't working out. So I'm getting frustrated. Heather literally is like, I'm just gonna get this tire out and I'm gonna sit in the back of the car and someone will come. So she's just sitting in the back of the car. I'm sitting in the front so nobody can see me. You just yeah. see this one girl with a tire rolling yeah. back and forth. We had 10 guys stop in less than five minutes. <laughs> immediately. immediately. Free tire <laughs> Um, But yeah, it is just. It makes up for the amount of times I've been mansplained something. What project are you working on today, girls and lows? Yes. Yes. No, I, I totally get that. I, I look uh, way too butch for guys to ever stop anymore. So <laughs> I'm by myself. I mean, I'm going to be honest about this. The fact is I clearly read. <laughs> I know my strengths and weaknesses. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. When we were in the tire fix, I needed to be out of the yes. out of the vision. I needed to be hidden away in the front seat. She needed to be out back. Yes. <laughs> um, but so I'm just I was curious, you know, about who comes through. And I think it is like even when you talk about couples, um it would be interesting. I'm I'm one of those weird people who like just really loves to be the fly on the wall and observe human behavior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so it would be interesting to me to see in those situations how many times, if it's a, a heterosexual couple, does the woman defer to her husband to actually, you know, do the the building in those classes? Um, do you do any all-female? Like, have you done, like, intentionally done any all-female classes? Um, we had a couple of Mother's Day um, ones that we did. But besides that, we didn't have any intentional ones. But we have had several classes that were all women. Um, and I'm thinking back about the couples. And I feel like a lot of the heterosexual couples did have the male. The female did most of, like, the paint and stain. And then the guy finished it out. Um, but yeah, the, the classes, I, I mean, I, I think sometimes I fear if I over target women, that makes me look like we're opposed to men, if that makes sense, which is silly for me to have to think that that would be a problem to begin with, you know, um, uh, again, but, I say, I have to say, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's so entreaded in our DNA. And it's yeah. crazy. Like the three of us here are obviously like power women. Like we don't right. necessarily need a man in our lives. I mean, my our dads have saved us a few times, I'll be honest, but that's what dads <laughs> are for. Um, but we are three empowered women who are still have these moments where you default back to what culture has kind of brought us up. No, I mean, too. I'm not a part of those. <laughs> they don't find me heartless other for no reason. <laughs> Heather is much more evolved than us. <laughs> I had a very independent mother. Let's say that. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Honestly, my parents are still married. They've been married for 
32 years. I'm just, she's just always, you know, don't take shit from anybody. Do what you want to do, despite (laughs) what's going to happen. You're going to learn one way or another kind of person. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Now I had the other important question I have to ask for the classes is you said you started as a marketing ploy to try to convert to a sale. Has it worked? Yes. Yes. It worked. Yeah. Um, I, had, I, think- I had somebody, I actually had somebody um, who was kind of like a, a mentor, a female uh, business owner, tell me that that's the one reason she does classes um, is because she says either you win either way, either you get people to come and they feel empowered to make it themselves, which is amazing, you know, an amazing feeling. Or they realize how hard it is to actually make that thing. And now they're willing to pay your price. <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. Um, we have had some people that we, they've been like, okay, you finish it out. I'm just going to tell everybody I did it. And I'm like, go for it. Um, especially <laughs> no tell your husband. Know. We're always like, secret will not leave here. Um, but also no. like in their 50s or 60s. Yes. But yeah, I mean, it's a win. Like you were just saying, it is a win all around. I mean, obviously you're getting paid for that class. So there's something right. in there. Um, and then the empowering aspect is phenomenal. Um, but I think in a lot of ways, we really need it. There are a ton of woodworking people, quote unquote, businesses mm-hmm. in this area. It's a, this area, it, I mean, it's Midwest through and through, you know, it's a very just hands-on type community. Um, and a lot of people who have honestly around the same skill set that we have, mm-hmm. um, maybe not quite as a skill set, maybe not be able to pull it off and have the same aesthetic overall, but the basic skills are the same. So we really needed to stand out aside from all the other people who are also building in their garage two doors down. Um, So it was a great way for people to get to know us and actually see more than just, you know, our logo on Facebook or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a huge part Mm -hmm. in helping, um, transition from coming to a class to participate to an actual customer and then it also was a way for people to see kind of our skill level firsthand and to know that they could build a little bit of trust and rapport in that sense and then it's been great whenever we can host it here in the store obviously because you have to come in here and look at all of our products at the same time um, there's times you have to wait for paint to dry so that works out perfectly but I think a lot of it really is just getting people to know us and know that like we're more than just an image on the screen and here's our, you know, our personalities, take it or leave it. Um, Cause it's kind of how we are. Um, either love us or. Well, and honestly, a lot of people, whenever they show up to classes, they don't know that we build all this. They're like, Oh, where are your husbands? And we're like, yeah, yeah. Those are my favorite. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> many times people, we have delivered furniture and they'll say, Oh, your husband did a great job. Thank you for delivering. I'll be like, hey, you're welcome. You think I'm just delivering for a husband? Yeah. Come on. Jeez, <laughs> uh, it's crazy. But yeah, that kind of stuff. Don't even get me started on that. That kind of stuff happens all the time. It drives me nuts. <laughs> um, okay, there's so many ways I could take that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Well, my, my one thought is, I mean... The Midwest is not super progressive. Um, low lagging. Yeah, we'll we'll just make that a pretty. It's a fact. Um, yes, it's a fact. So, 
that puts you in a position, um, you know, a lot of, I would say people outside of the queer community may not understand this, but it puts you in a position to continuously have to come out. Yes. Over and, over, and over and over and over and over again. Yes. <laughs> we didn't come out in our business for the first two years for fear of losing mm-hmm. people. And I mean, there's still, I hate to say this, but there's still times that we aren't forthcoming about it. Oh, I yeah, guess you don't tell certain um, people. I mean, just because we do have a lot of like older females by chance that are like in their 60s, 70s mm-hmm. that will come through. Um, but I mean, we have literally lost customers because they realized that we weren't sisters um i mean that has happened and there's we have seen the shock on people's faces i mean a lot don't get me wrong there's a good amount of people who don't mind doesn't matter to them they'll never think about me which is fantastic those are my favorite kind um but there are people who you you know they'll be like and how how do you guys know each other and be like oh this is my wife and you watch their face as it's all processing through and then they're like okay thank you bye you know like they're they're still nice to you or whatever but you can tell that that was um something that they didn't like or didn't agree with but um it's it's a uh, a weird thing because it's such a personal thing to share with someone and especially in the midwells i mean i say all the time like we are the belt buckle of the Bible belt is how I feel, you know, it is just a very conservative area. Um, but then I think that's helped me personally grow as a lesbian and to be comfortable with who I am and to realize like, those aren't the customers I want anyway. You know, I don't want you to have a piece of my heart because every piece of furniture that leaves our store, like has a piece of us in there, you know, um, it's so much more than just a business, you know, like, that is our creative thoughts and our energy and, you know, our emotions are put into that. Um, and I don't want my stuff like that going to customers who don't um, at least understand and ex- accept where we are. And you don't have to totally be fine with this lifestyle, but it is very interesting. It's a whole like side of business. I didn't really think about having to deal with until we were right in the middle of it. Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, And also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout. If you enter the code MAKERMOM, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. Um, that's not something that is really talked about on online courses for one-on-one business. They're not like, here's what you do if you're gay in the Midwest, you know. Um, but to be I mean, honest. I, with- yeah, I haven't, I haven't had, I mean, I was not out on social media, probably same for about the first two years, probably. Um, be out of fear right I didn't want the trolls coming after me or any of that I'm like I don't need any of that and I think maybe I had a 
um, <clears throat> I had an easier time of that because my wife's not a part of like the, the making part of it or any, you know, um, she's more like the moral support behind the scenes type thing. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't have to, like, I didn't, it wasn't necessarily like having to explain who's that other person, like right. the pictures or in the videos or any of that. Um, but I feel it in my job job all the time, um, you know, because I'm going into predominantly male spaces, uh, heavily predominantly conservative, uh, wink, wink spaces. Um, <laughs> and those are not safe spaces, right? And so I'll talk about my family, I'll talk about my kids. Uh, and usually if the question comes up, what does your husband do? It's still a 50-50 uh, chance that I won't correct them, that I'll just change the pronoun. Which is awful because you should yes. be able to. Just, <laughs> I should be able to just talk and, and say my wife, you know, without having to, to check yeah. <laughs> on yeah. what that space is going to be like. Um, and I recently, like last week, yeah, last week I did like a, you know, an intro video type reel on um, Instagram. And I thought that there wouldn't be any issue because I've shared now for three years, you know, I share pictures of my family and everything like that. Talk about yeah, my life open, yeah. and stories. Um, it says queer with a rainbow flag right on my bio. Like it's right. all there. Um, but, you know, I mentioned two things, uh, queer and social justice advocate uh, in my little in intro effects there. And I lost um, over 100 followers, just like that. <laughs> anytime, anytime we post anything that has to do with the gay community, every single time we will lose followers. Uh, we just posted a flag on Instagram that we did for um, the flag Springfield organization here. Um, I think we lost like 18 followers that day, which not close to 100. That's crazy. But it's nuts uh whenever you see that kind of thing happen and it's just <laughs> you say that but people have openly said rude things to us about being gay i know but it's just crazy to think about the problems that we have to encounter and deal with as business women that so many businessmen never have to think about and so many yeah okay, women no, don't this, this guy was like we delivered his furniture and then he realized that we were gay and he's like you guys should be thanking me and consider lucky that a Christian man let you into his home. And then he tried to buy more furniture. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, sir. No, thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, but stuff like that, I mean, I think I'm not saying we are the most discriminated on population right, because right. there's discrimination on so many different levels that we do not have to experience or go through. But um, there is a lot more fight, I think, that our community has to go through. And these problems that arise, I mean, Heather is a real roll it off your shoulder kind of person. I am not. I take everything super personal. <laughs> like, you don't like the stain choice on the table that you chose. It's somehow my fault. And I feel like I'm a piece of crap. <laughs> like, that's just me. Um, so those moments though with customers like that hits me heavy like yeah. and hard and it's just it adds a whole nother layer of difficulty to the business when you're already in the middle of a pandemic stressed out yeah shipping 
that's lost and who even knows where you got, you know, projects you're trying to finish, things you're trying to schedule, a kid that we're trying to get home and get fed, and all these things that are just normal life that's already heavy enough. And then you have to bring in this work aspect that's, like I said, difficult on the business, but that also carries home with you on I mean, some level. Um, yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's yeah, something to your, prep for. to your point, like, like the, the losing followers at the end of the day, you know, I'm like, I didn't want them anyways. Like if they were, if, if, if they're bothered by that, I don't want them following me anyways. In some regard, I will say in the other regard, I do fully believe that exposure to people who are different than yourself allows you to open yes. yourself to be more accepting of. Yeah, it's like kind of a hard personal struggle. Cause like, personally, you're like, I don't care, whatever. Right. right. But then business-wise, you're like, I need those followers though. So it gets out further and further right. to right. people who are different than us. Right. And like you're saying, it's real easy to want to go and hit that block button. Uh, the customer that she just referred yeah. to, actually, we just had another encounter with like two weeks ago or a week ago. Um, and I, my initial response was, I want to just block him and never talk to him again. But then after I settled for a while, I was like, no, he needs to see these kind of posts because if I block him and his feed just becomes more and more and more yep. and more, that's not helping anybody at all. So, I mean, is it difficult to see those things and to try to engage in those conversations in a respectful way? Um, that's not something I signed up for whenever we decided to open business, a business. But at the same time, it's those small moments mm -hmm. um, where you can choose kind of like you're saying to be a social justice advocate and so to advocate for someone even in a really small way just by not shutting down and not being like it's easy to look at the algorithm and the numbers and say okay I shouldn't post this kind of content yeah but our reaction needs to be the opposite we probably should post it more you know because yep. um, like you're saying that exposure is is huge yeah it was nice we, um, on the topic of discrimination, we had a news article come out last week, but this guy like blew it up and he was like, need to go to church because you're gay and find God. And people like had our back. Like, I feel like the Springfield community, like low key attacked him and they were like, no, you're being bigoted. You're being discriminatory like get out of here like how dare you attack a business that's just trying to so that was nice to see that a community that is in the bible belt actually like came around and supported us when they didn't have to yeah yeah they're feeling very uh vulnerable and exposed i guess is how i would say that more I mean, yeah the news article came out like that evening so I went to bed, I'm waking up expecting there to be a bunch of positive notifications. And my entire phone was filled with this one guy leaving like 12 comments. Um, and it immediately started to take away from it all. But like you said, that's where you have to choose to look at the positive of it. Like you have to choose to look at the community who stepped up and to put more weight on that than this one person's response because these 12 people stepped up and did, you know um so i think that's just so hard to balance out it takes so much positive to balance out one negative thing um but at the same time i think a lot of those people are people who have gotten to know us personally and i think we've seen customers before that were more reserved once they knew that we were gay 
But then as they got to know us as individuals and just as people and not just seen as like these gay business owners, I feel like that has opened up and allowed for more acceptance from those people. Um, just because sometimes there is that, I mean, that's what discrimination is, is that yeah. initial blocking off and assuming you're labeled this way. Um, but once you just realize, I mean, we're just people. I don't care who you sleep with. I don't know why you care who I sleep with, you know, we're just human beings. Well, that's, I, I once had um, an ex-girlfriend of mine say that the reason it you get that reaction is because they, in, at least in our case, right, you say, this is my, my girlfriend or my wife or whatever, they initially go to seeing two vaginas in front of them. Like they initially go to like what you do in the bedroom. When exactly. it's like, I see a heterosexual couple, I'm not sitting there pontificating Never. what they're doing in the bedroom. Never, right. right? Like that's not where my head goes. Right. Um, and so it does, it comes down to like, they have to like get past that initial, like for whatever reason, the thought of like, what do you do in the bedroom to... Like, oh, you go to the grocery store like me. Right, right. You go pick up your kid from school like me. You right. go- I walk on two feet like you, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, you know, and that's why I'm saying like, you need to have that more exposure. Like, and it's good that you can become that. It's hard to be that face though. I yeah. 1,000% understand that it's hard to be that face. Um, and I do want to acknowledge though, um, like I've stated on the podcast before, we're still all three white women uh, who identify as women. And so we do still have some amount of privilege above others. Um, And we still have the choice to pass um, if we want to, if we feel like our safety is in need. Unlike, you know, if our skin color is a different color, you can't you can't change that. You can't hide that. So I do want to acknowledge, like, we do have a certain level of privilege. Uh, and it sounds like both of us took that at least for a couple of years into our business of yes. not making it known, um, you know, but hopefully by more of us being out there making, making the more courageous choice, I guess, of, of, being known that others can feel safer to follow too. And we can help weed out some of the people that leave those oh so wonderful comments. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, that is all we can do. I don't um, anticipate that all of a sudden everybody's just going to be totally fine with gays and it'll be peace and blessings from here on out, you know, Uh, but I hope that we can at least, you know, maybe there is that 15 year old girl who is at home and she's listening to this podcast and she's thought about owning a business, but she was scared about discrimination. You know, if there can be one second of hope for Mm -hmm. someone else who's coming up behind us, then it makes it worth all those punches we take from being the face for a minute. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Which honestly, I feel like there's a lot of, um, I mean, even you, I feel like you're more courageous than we are. I also say that point, Blake, um, there are still times, like I said, that we kind of hide behind that veil and that's where we need to Some step up a little bit. Some Instagram approvable, but not Facebook approvable. Yeah. You know, like, yep. Um, okay, not- I just don't interact with Facebook anymore. So I will say take braver on that than me. I just like, nope, <laughs> I'm cutting that off. <laughs> Yeah.
Facebook is our lifeblood. So yeah, market, yeah. marketplace has been wonders for us here. But there are times that, well, I was gonna say my personal feelings about Facebook, like my personal yeah. uh, feed and stuff is entirely different than like yes. business. You know what I mean? Because business-wise is a, a whole nother world that's operating within this very crazy culture <laughs> that yeah. exists online because there are just so many opinions i think that's my thing people are so opinionated about everything which is great but to take the time and spew it out there all the time um it's gotten a little out of hand i think on on some of our social media platforms where everyone has their own loud opinion that must be the one and only true right way um, but hopefully those conversations can spark up something positive in there at the end of the day yeah yeah, it's been, I think it's been maybe going on two years now that I took, no, I guess just a year. I took Facebook off my phone um, because it was just not good for mental health. Um, right. And I have some family members that it's like, I still want to be able to talk to you in person. Uh, so I need to not see what you post. What they post. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just need to not see it. Um, sometimes ignorance is absolute bliss yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, we are getting close to end of time but I want to pick up on something you mentioned a couple of times so you guys started fostering which that sounds exciting um, also nerve-wracking I know yes. <laughs> becoming new, new parents is always uh, nerve-wracking um, how has that been like getting that in with the business and stuff Oh, a shit show at first, for <laughs> sure. I mean, um, we're what, on month four, four months of fostering now, um, a five-year-old boy. So it, like I said before, I mean, I'm not joking when I'm saying we were working a hundred hours in the shop. I mean, we really were. And that does not work with a five-year-old <laughs> point blank. It just doesn't. And we want to give him way more attention than working that much anyway. Um, so we really went from having this baby that was our business for five years to now we have another, you know, quote unquote baby that's coming into our life that needs just as much, if not more of our focus and time. Um, so it was insane at first. Uh, we we're lucky that we got to transition like having him on the weekends for a couple months that helped us kind of get a balance together um but I think the biggest thing is for me anyway is it has been very grounding um and very hopeful at the same time you know this past year has been a lot of dark and heavy continual adapting and changing that gets exhausting and there are days that you know I'm like okay it was worth our whole day that we just went through was worth being able to take him to jump mania so he could jump around on inflatables and have the time of his life. Everything that we went through today, all of the hard work, all of the, you know, maybe negative things are worth it for those moments that we get to have as a family. So it, it's still an adjustment period for us as we're trying to find that balance, but because um, it really, it's hard to put a hundred percent of yourself into two things. I'm not sure that that's possible, but we're definitely trying our best, um, but it has been, insane it's been insane <laughs> I mean just like the energy level and the non-stop talking just all those you know small mom things that I'm trying to get used to um and we're coaching a soccer team right now which is an absolute <laughs> disaster um, 
So all the time I have to remind myself, like we have a five-year-old, but really like we've only been parents for four months. Like we're new at this, Um, but you know, it's starting to come together. Yeah, I don't, (laughs) I chuckle at the nonstop talking because my, my, our youngest is, um, well, she'll be six in January, but still she's like, you know, that age. And we just got back from five day vacation. Uh, we went to Lake Michigan, which was amazing. And the kitten spent like days on the beach and the kids loved it and everything. I wanted to go up there. It's gorgeous. It's so nice. <laughs> I'll send you a link to the Airbnb. It was yes. a- yes. <laughs> yes. Um, But like she was just, especially when she gets like one-on-one time with just one adult, like nonstop, literally nonstop talking. And I am a person who can go an entire day without talking to another individual. Yep, me right here. Yep. And so sometimes I'm just silence is great. I'm like, I love you, but please just, just. I'm pretty sure that he has ADD because we'll just spitball off of each other and we'll be like, okay, let's talk about unicorns now. But what about that baseball? Did you see the football in the backyard? I am not a multitasker. I do not have ADHD. She is to an extreme. So we'll literally be in the car. I'm trying to tell Heather something. T's talking in the background about something. Heather is responding to what Taylor said and then replying to what I said. And I'm just trying to figure out who's even talking right now. That's how my brain feels. Like I I can't keep up with it. And there are times where I'm like, okay, I need five minutes for me right now. <laughs> I'm going to go sit in silence in the bedroom. Um, you know, there are lots of mom breaks that happen, um, which I think is important for him to see that side too, that, you know, as adults, sometimes we get a little overwhelmed and flustered, but that's, that, that's why I say my favorite time, <laughs> my favorite time is Monday morning, dropping the kids off to school. And I sit in the van for like five minutes and I just stare. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like dead silence just, like recuperate from the yes. weekend <laughs> like, oh, okay finally here we go yeah exactly <laughs> no for real yeah that I feel like I prepared and we prepared ourselves for a lot of things I did not prepare myself for the constant amount of talking but um yeah it's <laughs> I should have prepared you for that you warmed me up that's for sure with your I mean, she wakes up and I wake up. It takes me like an hour to wake up and she is off about like, we got to do this, 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 this. I'm like, I still have crusties in my eyes. I'm trying to figure it out. (laughs) I hear that 10,000%. We are very similar then. I also feel like you're adding out your wife in some way right now. I feel like her and I would get along. She doesn't seem like a lot. She's her daughter. Yes. She's maybe not quite as, but she's like, she's an early riser too. And so she's up like an hour, an hour and a half before me has like her whole like two cups of coffee. And so I wake up and she's like, yeah, basically like, I'm like let's go. <laughs> Stop <Right>. talking. <laughs> I mean, 45 minutes at least for this yes. to restart up here in my head. That's right. <laughs> I'm like an old 1980s computer trying to reboot. That's how I feel. (laughs) All right, ladies. Well, it's been amazing talking to you. I want to give you a chance to let people know how they can find you and see all the great things you're doing. Um, Well, first of all, thank you so much for having us on. Um, It was an absolute blast. And it was good to get to know you a little bit better as well. 
Um, if you want to find us, you can check us out on Facebook. If you don't have it off your phone, like yourself, um, Instagram, Pinterest, and then we have our own website at beautifulfightwoodworking.com. So uh, beautiful fight woodworking is the tag you use on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. And those will be linked in the uh, show notes. So everybody can find that easily. Um, and yeah, thanks for chatting with me today. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Okay, so again, that was Brittany and Heather of Beautiful Fight Woodworking. I'll include the links on how you can follow along with them and see all the great things that they're up to in the show notes. Best places to find that is in the description for this week's episode right in your podcast app. If you happen to be watching this on YouTube, check out the description down below. And then uh, you can head on over to my website, freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast, and you can find today's episode uh, in addition to all the previous episodes, along with the links to follow along with everybody. Also, make sure to follow along with the podcast over on Instagram at Crafting a Revolution. That's my cat, please, interrupting. At Crafting a Revolution over there, and uh you will see that I keep you posted on who's been on the podcast, as well as the links in the bio there to go watch and listen and all that fine stuff. Um, a note that I recently got my block from Alma Pink Soul Studios. She uh, generated the block for me to be able to do block printing shirts for the podcast with the new logo and stuff. So if that is something you are interested in, you can message me at Crafting Revolution on Instagram um, or at Freeman Furnishings on Instagram. Either place you can find me, send me a direct message and let me know you want a shirt. I've got a limited quantity, so you will want to get on it. And by limited, I mean, I've got like 20 of various sizes. All right, so when I am not making podcast episodes, you can find me designing, making, power carving, furniture, and other home decor over at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across pretty much all the social media platforms. I'm active, most active though, over on Instagram and TikTok at Freeman Furnishings and sometimes over on YouTube as well. So go check those out, say hi, follow along, make sure you hit the bell on all of those things all that fun stuff. All right. So it is halfway through the week. I hope you're having a great week so far. And as always, let's go craft a revolution. She, her, fan, they got something they want to say. Revolution for the toxic